Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Genius Leader, welcome to the special edition of Genius Leadership Podcast, the December edition with the best of the best. Today, we're going to listen or re-listen to Mia Thurmlom. She was the first guest on my show, and her episode has gotten most downloads, not only in the first month, which is natural with the first episode, but also compound uh, effect of downloads throughout the year. So here you go. Enjoy listening to Mia and the humor that she brings, the insights that she brings, the deep knowledge and her huge passion for people and for development and for making us all the better versions of ourselves. This is the coach whom I'm following, I have been following for years. She has changed my life and I was so proud and so honored and grateful that she said yes to being the first guest on the show. So I'm deeply grateful for being able to share her with you again on wrapping up this year. And let's just listen together and enjoy the conversation and see what we can take into 2022 with us from Mia. See you on the other side. Hi, Mia. Hi. (laughs) Super glad to have you as the first guest on the Genius Leadership Podcast. And to be honest, it's a huge honor for me. And I'm very happy that I will be able to get you to the international uh, audience and um, share a bit of your extremely broad and amazing knowledge that you are having for the Nordic. You're keeping as a secret for the little Nordic market. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you so much for that presentation. Uh, I'm humbled and, and very proud. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun conversation, I'm sure. So I want to make it clear with the definitions, uh, first of all, so that none of us or our uh, audience are confused when we're talking about things. And some things may be obvious for you and me because we work with leadership, but maybe someone else has a different picture of what it is. So the first question is, what is leadership and who is a leader for you? Good question. I wish I had prepared, you know, with this like one liner of everything, but a leader is a person that's taking responsible for the task and the people to get people to, you know, be their very best, to reach as high as they can, you know. So to be a good leader doesn't necessarily mean that you are like, people know that you even exist. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you say in Swedish? In Swedish, I would have said, chefskap är en position, medan ledarskap är liksom en relation, skulle jag kanske ha sagt. So uh, if you like managing something, it's like a task, and leadership is like communication and relations, I would say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And we'll dig deeper into some things here, because I'm pretty sure we'll develop that uh, into yeah. further. But, but to be as a you leader, say, it's not a you should 
take that responsible and be humble and, uh, you know, proud about it, but it doesn't, you have to work on it. It's a competence, you know, you cannot, you just don't have it or not have it. You have to like, it's like stamina. You have to exercise if you want to be strong. So you have to work on your leadership if you want to be a good leader. Great. And here I come to the question that I thought of bringing up later, but uh, you already tapped into that, that it is a, a skill that people can train. Yes. So are there people among billions of people on the planet who can by no means become a good leader? If you ask me if everybody has the possibility to be a good leader, I would say no, because everybody isn't interested in other people. So if you don't have an interest in other people, no, you cannot be the best leader you can be. You can be in charge of things, but a leadership is something very different. So the answer is no. But can everybody be better than they are just right now? Then the answer is yes. Uh, I love that. Uh, It brings this Quite important point that quite a lot of us are missing in the conversation about leadership, that you need to be interested in leading others. <laughs> it yes. looks like you, you have to also, <laughs> yeah, but you also have to have a really strong self-leadership to start with, because otherwise you don't have a clue what your reactions are, because if you're like not secure, you're going to feel threatened when the people you are leading become, you know, smarter and better than you, and they are supposed to be because your job is just to lead them, not to be best. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And and you again come into one of the questions that I wanted to discuss with you. You talk so much about self-leadership. So you yes. are actually working with leaders, the, the top people in Sweden, right? And also yeah. in some other Scandinavian markets. And Still, it sounds like you're working a lot on how they can lead themselves first and foremost, and only then leading other people. Mm. Why is it so important with with self Because uh, it starts and ends with you. We are the best, you know, we have and the worst enemy as well in the same person. So you have to know every little detail about yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses. And you have to understand when you are like being, you know, afraid or angry or irritated or whatever it is, you have to understand what's my part in this. So you just don't project it on the people you are leading or feeling like a victim or whatever. So you always have to have like, I would say I don't have the statistics on this, but I would say like 60, 70 percent of leadership is ourselves because I, if I have a bad day, it's totally going to affect the people I'm leading if I don't put the bad energy inside me or get rid of it because energy, it's like contagious. <laughs> it affects everybody. So we have to understand that our responsibility is to have a strong, secure, and also methods for self-leadership. That sounds like quite a lot, 60-70% of you, your success. Yeah, and I don't have any yeah, yeah. proof of that. That's <laughs> just, you know, because when I sit with these people that I have the, you know, privilege of coaching, because I've been doing this for a really long time, and they are super smart, and they have, you know, really high-level jobs, and they are responsible for very, very, very many people. 
But when we are sitting there, we are always talking about, okay, you're going to have this conversation with that person. How are you going to, you know, prepare yourself? And of course, that depends on who you are as a leader, what strengths you have, and also the relation with power. If you have power over another person, you have to take that in consideration when you are like, prepare yourself. So I would say we always have to understand what effect we have on the people that we are, you know, leading and communicating with. And that starts with ourselves. So we have to have like a clear picture of who am I and how does other people see me? Leadership is the foundation of everything. I'm a huge promoter of that as well. And actually, I am promoting it because I learned it on my own experience, thanks to you, Mia, because of your (laughs) books and your lectures and the podcasts of yours. The self-development journey and self-leadership journey has been amazing. And I see the results of that, how that really affects me in the interactions with the other people. So I I truly believe in this, that leadership and every relationship starts with us. And of course, it's always a two-way communication and two-way street, so to say. But we need to be aware of what's on our side of that street and, and what... Yeah, what, and what also we... we have to like have methods in how to train it. And daily reflection is the best method I've tried. And to put like five, ten minutes every day to reflect on the questions. What wasn't so good today? And what lesson did I learn? And what was good today? And also what I need help with. If you have like those three questions, then you're okay. And it doesn't have to take more like five, seven minutes every day just to like, and also because, you know, it's not dangerous for us to be in a stressful situation or work a lot of, you know, have a lot of work over us. The thing that's not good for us if we don't ever reload or recover. So we have to get the energy back. And just to put a couple of minutes to reflect on the daily reflection, that gives you not only the, the, the feeling of power, but also it's like your land. It's like, your okay, what do I take for? And also there is studies about this. I have it on my website, I think. They did this in the United States. They took a call center and they let the people there reflect After work, the 15 last minutes of the day, they had to ask what wasn't so good today, what lesson did I learn, and what was good today. And they could measure that only after 10 days, they were like 23% more efficient in their work. So it's like you can start at the start of a marathon run and you can like try, maybe I have it in my body, you know, mm. or you can prepare before. It's still going to be the same length of the, you know, marathon run. But if you are prepared, then the chances you have to do a really good run is going to be so much higher. So it's not rocket science. It's like, mm. you know, common sense. But we have to, we cannot read about it in a book and think that it has been a change in us. From books, we get like methods and we can have like insights and wow, yeah, that's correct. But if we want change, we have to exercise. And that's what I love. You've given this this example of someone coming to you with a critique about like, do you mean, Mia, that me by reading your books will be the book best at self-leadership? And you're like, do you buy cookbooks and you become a good cook? (laughs) 
No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to practice. Or do you get like a cake from the cookbook? Mm. No, you have to, you know, do the work yourself. You can be, it's like inspiration and recipes to read a book. But the work we have to do ourselves. But if we, it works because if we work it, it's worth it because it works. But we cannot just sit here and read about how to be like uh, strong. We have to go to the gym if it's concerning our body. And if it's self-leadership and leadership, we have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, journaling, I can sign up under that, that it it has been an amazing tool in my toolbox as well. And I'm doing the daily reflection according to the questions that you're mentioning. And it's sometimes different questions. So for now, now I have quite a tough uh, period and I'm skipping the first question, what I did not do so well, because I know that I will just start beating myself up because I am a bit more on the margins, so to say. Yes. That one. And I just do, uh, do the positive ones. And that's the good thing, because if we do this daily reflection, we are on top of what our needs are right now, because our needs aren't the same all the time. In February, our lives looked totally different. And also this first wave of Corona affected us, but the second wave affected us in another way. So what you and me need right now isn't necessarily the same. But it's not necessarily the same what I and you needed, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. But if we every day reflect on it, then you feel it. Then you feel like, no, I'm vulnerable now. So I'm not going to ask myself what wasn't so good today, because I know that inside me, I have a strong criticist person. But other people, they don't have that problem. So we are different. But the best way to lead yourself is to do a little bit every day, because then it's so much easier. And that's the same with the people that we are leading, that we are in charge with. The more we see them, the more we meet them, the better leader we can be. Yeah, definitely. And it's also interesting to see... Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. I I was just blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That's good. We need to do blah, 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 blah sometimes. Uh, So I I just wanted to say that I reflect on what my clients are struggling with when I ask them to do the journaling and daily reflection. And it's different for different people. For some people, the most difficult question is, what did I do well today? For some others, it's help. What do I need help exactly. with? They're like, I don't yes. need any help. I'm fine. Exactly. I'll manage my life. And it takes yeah. some time to practice them and teach them that, okay, it's not about asking for help others necessarily. It might be asking yourself. And then we need to tap into the goals and so on. So it's a process and it, it's not super obvious and it's not working the same way for everyone. So I actually give your book to my clients, the, the yeah. uh, self-esteem now. I actually need to order a new bunch because those are over. <laughs> and, and, and we go through that and I'm like, okay, now you read it. What have you understood? What has landed? And what are your reflections? And it's totally different from different people. Yes. It's again the same thing as with the recipe book. You can read the recipe, mm. but then you imagine this process in your head, how you will cook it in your kitchen. And because you are you and your kitchen is your kitchen, it might be a totally different process. <laughs> and it's the same with the reflection. Yeah. And it depends on your personality, but it also depends a lot about your history, your upbringing. And what people have said to you when you were growing up. So just, you know, this how we see things and asking for help is one of those things. People that have been, you know, growing up with parents or other people saying to them, when you need to ask for help, you're weak. Of course, it's going to be a problem for them. 
So those people we have to teach, like asking for help to have the bravery enough to be vulnerable and say, I need help is like the strongest thing you can do. Mm. So those people, we have to get them to understand that this is strength. This is smartness because nobody is ever going to be fulfilled with what they can live. It's like we can always learn. We're not machines. We are people and, you know, we have emotions and we have ambitions and we have ego and all these things can either be with us or against us. So just to to see, for me, that was a problem with what did I do good? Because I was like, you know, I was going to write like, I'm a good friend one day. And it felt like somebody's going to come in in the room and be like, no, you're not. Because... We are thinking that if I say that I'm a good friend, I have to be that 24-7. But we don't see the same with the things that are not so good. If I'm like, I was intolerant today, then it's okay if it only lasted for five minutes. I'm not like, can I write that down? It was just a short time. So we're like programmed wrong, most of us, especially ambitious people. So normally I say, if they want to know, do I have a strong self-leadership or not? Then I ask them, do you have your ambition and drive from lust and trust to succeed of fear of mistake? Because if it's like the fear that are your motor, your drive, it's going to work, but it's not sustainable. And also, a lot of people that are like high achiever, they go around feeling like this postural syndrome. You love, and soon they're going to you know, discover that I'm not you know, actually supposed to work here because I'm stupid or whatever. It's not true. And a lot of the time they don't enjoy the journey because they're like, I'm just going to do this. And there I'm going to be happy. There I'm going to be happy. But, you know, each day now it's going to, you know, happen something. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We cannot be certain of that. So what's the point in being really good at something if you cannot enjoy it? So you have to have both self-confidence and also self-esteem. You have to have them both. You have to know that you can do things, but also know that my worth, it's not dependent on the things that I do. So I have value as a person, that's the self-esteem, and also a belief in my ability to do things. So you have to have all this together. And we're not machines. And when it's like November, And it's like 2020 with all the things that are uncertain. Of course, we're going to be a little bit more worried and afraid. And when we are in those feelings, it's also much easier that conflict starts because we are not tolerant enough to understand if you're like calling me and like, then I can like, uh, what's your problem? Why are you talking to me like that? But if I in a really good place, you know, I'm like everything is really good, you know, I'm on fire, then you can be in whatever state you are. I'm not going to take it as a personal, you know, thing to me, because I'm going to understand that that's on her. Mm. You know, she maybe had a bad morning, or she's, you know, afraid of something, or she's under stress. But when we are in those not so good places, we take everything as a personal thing and we feel that we are victims for other people's shortcomings but that's not true so self-leadership is to give us ourselves the things that are good for us and 
that's not always the things that we want. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> so like it's with a lot of responsibility. Right? Yeah. You, you not always want to have the healthiest foods, maybe, but you know that they will nourish your body and help you perform at your best and so on. So yeah, it's... Yeah. And practice. for that, uh, you know, the, the question, what was good today or what are you proud of? Sometimes it, for the most of us, it's like, yeah, I went to the gym, for example, or I, you know, worked one hour more. So I get things that I have been, you know, procrastinated for the future and I just did it. But another day, it's even better to not go to the gym because that's what I needed that day and left one hour early, you know, skipped one of those teams meeting or whatever, because I needed to reload. I needed to give myself what I needed to, you know, be really good tomorrow. So it's not like you put things, all the things that you've done. And if your list is the longest, then you're the best. Maybe that's what you need to work on, you know, shorten your list and be proud of what you actually did and just put one thing there and the rest of the day just waiting for yourself to be like landed or strong or whatever. Yeah, so it's... Oh, I uh, When I give this instruction for a daily reflection, people that struggle with either one of those questions, that tells them what they need to work on. It's like yeah. if you are a football player you normally like the exercises that you already are good at <laughs> but what you need is to exercise the things that you're not so good at so it's like common sense exactly it's common sense when it comes to the physical things like training like food and so on right but when it yeah. comes to our mental development and our mental health there it can kind of gets fuzzier in people's head and it's really good yeah. to have those comparisons to to give the visual for people to make it easier to relate to things and understand the concepts yeah and also that's why I say it because I want people to see what I'm saying and to understand that it's not like complicated but also I would love for it to be as clear and as obvious that, of course, if I want to be the best leader I can be, I have to take responsibility for my self-leadership. If I want to be, you know, the best football player, I have to continue to exercise. So uh, I would like everybody to see that when you take responsibility and when you put time and effort in exercise, it's because you want to be the best you can be, not because you're bad at any way. It's like good to great. Uh, because I can say, because sometimes people call me and they're like, oh, my boss would really need to go in a program with you. And every time I say, I'm not working with the people that needs me the most. I work with the people that want development. And it's a huge difference. Exactly. And that, that, that's what I'm talking about as well quite often. I, I say that sometimes I can say no to people who want to work with me. Because or who say that they want to to work in because they I see that they are not ready for taking their work that it needs. Exactly. I can I, I can I can be that recipe book, but you still yes. need to make the cake yourself. <laughs> and exactly. It's important to see that you 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 see the need in yourself to develop yeah. and you you are ready to do the legwork to mm. actually get there. Super important. So Mia, yeah. this podcast is about the tough parts of the leadership as well, because I see it as a roller coaster journey. It's not often fun or it's not always fun. Sometimes you're like, why the hell did I actually get into this train? <laughs> Where yeah. did I buy the ticket for this ride? What do you see as the toughest parts for the leaders whom you are working with? I would say it depends on the personality and where they're coming from. It depends on also 
in what branch they are in, because especially this year, it's different. You know, a lot of people that I work with, they have double up, you know, things to do. And the other half is like having nothing to do and maybe not, you know, know for sure that they still ex- success. So I would say what's common from everybody is like, you need to be good at lead people in development, in insecurity, because the only thing we know for sure is that we know nothing. Mm. <laughs> so what everybody needs to be good at is how do I lead you even though I don't have the answers to the question that you have? How can I lead you in this uncertain time of times? So I should say trust is a big thing. You have to be able to get the people you are leading to know that we don't know exactly, but I'm going to choose to have faith. I'm going to believe that we are on the right way. And I feel safe that the leader I have is taking the the responsibility for where we are going. I would say that's the same for everybody. If you have a lot of things to do, or maybe I don't know what's going to happen. But otherwise, it depends. A lot of people I lead, they have no problem in taking these difficult talks Mm -hmm. because they know that it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And they don't have like this really fear of uh, they have or ambition to be liked by everybody. It depends on what your fears are or what your ambitions are, I would say. If that's a strong one for you, that always you always want to be liked, then you're maybe not going to be that great in these difficult conversations because then you like to self-centered and do it too much. And then you talk too much. Then you're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I, I, I really hope that I didn't need to do blah, blah, blah. You talk about yourself like for 15 minutes. And that's selfish. Because if I have to tell something to you that you are not prepared to hear and you don't want to hear, you're going to be sad or whatever, shocked, uh, angry, whatever, then that's your right to be. If I have a problem with your being you know, disappointed or even angry, that's on me. That's my job. That's why they pay me more. So I would say it depends. If you have this feeling like you have to be liked by everybody, then the difficult calls and talks are going to be a little bit harder than when you can, you know, make a difference between the things that we do and, you know, the people we are, then it's easier. So for another person, maybe a self-made person that I haven't studied on the university, sometimes they have a problem with working structured because they are like self, so they just do things. And they don't know actually what they do, but it's like working. (laughs) Mm. So when they are supposed to lead others, they don't know actually what they are doing that's working because they don't have like structured way of working. I've seen that as well. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really, really, really good, but they have this like complex, you can say that they haven't the right education. And sometimes that's against them. And sometimes you have like this um, more your ambition is to be perfect. And then sometimes you, you're not courageous enough to take really quick decision because sometimes you just have to take a decision and then say, this was wrong. But if you're like, it has to be 100% correct. Maybe you're like, I don't know, positive or negative or blah, blah, blah. And sometimes, you know, time ran out and it's too late to take a decision. So I would say it depends on the group and how you take 
responsible for the things that you as a leader need to the people that are in charge over you. Because you have a board if you're like on top or you have you know, like mid, mid uh, management, then you have here and here. So it depends, I would say, but everybody has their own <laughs> things to work on. <laughs> and it's really important that you understand. For me, for example, I'm not good in hiring people for myself and my companies because I'm like this. I see so much positivity. And when I read people's like, Cover letter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because I think that they can the things that I can and also all the things that they have written (laughs) down. So we have understanding here at my company that I'm not allowed in the process anymore when we are high. I can help others because Mm -hmm. then it's not about me. Then I can, you know, ask the right questions because at one, for example, me and my husband are running our companies together. And we had an interview with a coach that wanted to work with us, a leadership developer. And I understood that she knew a lot of things, but she wasn't so good to tell them. So we asked questions, but then I helped her. So I'm like, you know, yeah. And what you wanted to say now, and then I just, you know, helped her because she wasn't so good in communication. After a while, my husband looked at me and he's like, I'm confused now. Are you looking for a work here? Or, you know, who is like on interview and who is like. So that's the problem for me because I see it and I'm thinking like, we can fix this. Mm. I have this. We can fix this. That's Mm. not a big problem. So then it's important that you, you know, because I had a lot of strengths, of course, like everybody else, but I also had weaknesses. And my responsibility is to compare myself with people that are different from me. So they can be in charge of the things that I never going to be good at because mm-hmm. some things I'm never going to be natural good at because I think it's too boring. And then it's like, yeah, I do the things that I'm good at and then I have the other people do it. And of course, it's important that they think that the boring things are not boring because yeah. otherwise I'm not a good person. Exactly. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. And that's that's something I also learned. My my business is quite uh, new and the first person I've hired was a virtual assistant and I was specifically looking for someone to hire for my weaknesses. So I, I, I thrive in a structured environment in a way. But so that there is enough freedom, but there is some structure, there is some framework to kind of push myself away from uh, to draw in between. And uh, I looked for a person who is enjoying creating structures and actually talking about the uncomfortable conversations just yesterday with her decided to discontinue our work from the new year. And it was Mm -hmm. a difficult conversation, but at the same time, we are on very good terms. We just understand that the expectations that we both have set for her job she can't meet and I can't afford her not meeting that. So it, ah. was, it was a very open conversation, but it was still tough. And I was reflecting on that last night while <laughs> doing my reflection in the journal yeah. that that was a good thing about my day yesterday. Because when I sat with a journal in the evening, my husband was just in the room and I was like, what the hell is good about this day? But then my rule of thumb is to write three good things in that first question or second question. And I started thinking about it and I was like, we took this conversation, we took it in a good way, 
we are getting out of this situation in a good relationship with her. And yes, it's tough for me because I need to find a new person. I need to decide how to do it and so on and so forth. I was reflecting how I, as a person, would have handled that a couple of years ago before the reflection has become a habit, before I have learned so much about myself. I would have been in a totally different space yesterday and today as well. And I wouldn't be able to take any conversations in a healthy way. Everything would be about me personally, just as you say. So it's beautiful Mm -hmm. to, to see how this work on myself reflects or affects my relationships with the others and how also that affects my health and well-being. Yeah. And also what you do when you work with the self-leadership is like, you always want to look on you. So if I have a problem with somebody else, I ask myself five questions. Who, why, what's threatened, what's my part in this, and what's going to be my lesson or action plan? Because then I take responsibility. Then I get all the power instead of like just focusing on the other person's wrong. The power is within seeing what's my thing to, you know, can I affect this? If the answer is no, then accept it, mm. you know. So always take responsibility of what's ours and also see that Everybody is strong when they are on, you know, when everything is working. The cool thing, the hard thing is being really good when everything is like, you know, not going the way that we want and we have like all these tough situations. So that's a really good day that you can have a difficult call and also be in good terms. That's really good because a lot of people that were hired, then they walk away and it's like, we don't want to talk to each other ever again. And that's really sorry because it's like, it's only work, you know? (laughs) And if every conversation starts with you or me or everybody that's listening saying, okay, my part in this is, instead of, I'm not happy with you because you, blah, blah, blah. If we start with my part in this is this and then stop and then wait for the other person to you know but also I could also have seen this and I understand and I'm also sad but I also like this is common you know we are on the same side we see it the same way it's bad but because that's also one of the people I hired many years ago one of the bad (laughs) hiring (laughs) people I've done uh, quite of them I think he worked for me like at least one year too long. And that's not good. That's what I've learned over the years that, you know, it's going to be wrong. But the thing that we can do, we cannot be perfect in hiring. But when we see that things aren't working, then the responsibility for, you know, take actions on that, that starts now. And that's the thing that decides if we are good leaders or not, not being perfect. It's development, not, you know, to strive for perfection. And I would like to go a bit deeper here and, and a bit more concrete with, for example, get, getting people off board, right? So when you had the, this wrong hire and you say that mm-hmm. the person has stayed with you for at least one year too long, I hear yes. it a lot from the, from the leaders who are struggling yes. with that, being, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable to, to fire someone and make someone unhappy, or they, they feel it's too personal because they feel like, okay, that's their failure. They, the, the other person should not suffer and lose the job because because they didn't manage as a leader, or it's even sometimes difficult to fire a person. Like in Sweden, for example, the, the yeah, for, is quite... But for me, it's the fourth one, 
for me, it's also this sometimes I have so easy to see hope. You know, I see we can fix this. We can work this out. So first of all, you have to see what's my, you know, what's me in this. But I, we also have to do these things when we learn. For me, this was like, for me, it was so long that one of the other person that works with me, she actually took me aside and she said, like, this is not okay. He is really, really bad at his job. And you give him 80% of your time. The rest of us is doing a really good job. And we have to share the remaining 20%. That's not okay. After that, I took actions. And when she said that, it was like for my ego and for my, I'm like, oh, no. But that was one of the most important feedback meetings I've ever had. And I took actions after that. And I've learned so much because we also have to do mistakes. We cannot be successful if we don't do mistakes. We cannot be successful if we're not generous. We cannot be successful if we don't listen to people, if we don't show interest, if we don't, you know, ask questions and show them that we are listening. So there are a lot of things that we have to do, but we, if we want to be successful, we have to be taking mistakes. And I think that's one of the really, you know, core to my success is that I tell everybody about all my, you know, mistakes and failures. And that's what, you know, make them believe in me because they feel like I'm a real person. You know, I show it as it is and I've done mistakes and I can share them and I could, you know, take the mistake and learn from it. That's development. One of the interviews I uh, was a guest on, I was asked, what is the biggest failure that you, you had in your career? And I got stuck. I was like, I didn't have any failures. And I felt yeah. so w- wrong in that moment because I didn't fit the question at all. And I was like, okay, here, it was a mistake, but I've learned this and that from that. So that's not a failure, failure for me. And I, I analyzed a lot and reflected a lot on that afterwards, that it really the only failure for me is really not trying or exactly. becoming the victim of what's coming out mm. instead of really seeing, okay, how can I avoid it? How can I do it better next time? Yeah, I, I mean, I think also it's a choice. You can choose to see things as failures, but you can also see things not as failures, but mistakes, mm. you know. With the information I and the knowledge that I had then, I took this decision. But if I would have taken the same decision today, then that would have been really wrong. But we cannot blame ourselves if it was today, when it was a long time ago, we didn't have all that experience. Mm. So, of course, we all have made the decision that turned out to be wrong, but also we have to taken decisions that we didn't know and ended up really well. So, yeah, it's a little bit of both, I think. It's great to put this in But sometimes it's good to be interviewed because then you have to try, you know, to answer. Mm. And if you haven't been interviewed for a while, then it's like, oh, you're a little bit in Swedish. We would say, I don't know the English word. Yeah, a bit you're r- like, rusted, yeah. Rusted, yeah. R- rusty, so uh, yeah. It's, it's important to, you know, like now, you know, you can hear that I'm from Sweden. I don't have this English-like uh, sound, but, but that's okay. It's better to talk a little bit, be bad English and try to, you know, give the things that you have learned uh, because that's my why. I want to share what I have to the people that want it. 
that's something that I wanted to ask you as well. You have several companies and you are a very value-driven person. So what is your biggest mission in your life? I think my biggest mission is to give away the things that I have to people that needs and wants it, I would say. My most important value is generosity. And for me in life, it's like to have the best life I can have in forms of giving, because that's what's make you feeling that there are meaningfulness and there is hope in life. But also, I really like to uh, enjoy life. So I eat a lot of chocolate <laughs> and I surround myself with people that are wanting to do good, that are you know important to me. And if I haven't felt that I have been giving, giving, then something's wrong with that day. Okay, but that day. But, and then it goes in the reflection book. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. And also because I've been doing this reflection for so long, uh, some days I just write what I need help with. Another day, only what was good. A third day, if I had this like pity party, <laughs> I'm mm. just writing down what I'm grateful for. So mm. I use it as a way of, it's like when you have exercise. If I feel I'm strong in my leg, then I need to exercise my arms. So it's the same thing. I take responsibility for exercising the things that I need to exercise. Mm. And again, that's not always the things that I want because my ego <laughs> is quite huge. So I have sometimes, you know, I have to put my ego aside and it's like, this is my ego speaking. But mm. then you have to know, you have to have, you know, self-knowledge and then, you know, know what's this, what's happening with me. Is this like true or is this just like I'm trying to run away from something? So mm -hmm. you have to like check in with yourself and see where am I now? Definitely. And it's a practice. It's always, it's not like you get yeah. good at that and then you're good for forever. It, it is the, the fresh uh, yeah. the skill, right? The skill. So that's, that's important to remember. And I, I want to circle back to one of the things that you said when I asked you about what the leaders, your clients are struggling with, most with. Yes. That at some point that some leaders are kind of self-learned, so they don't have the official education, for example. And for them, yeah. the challenge is to kind of download their brain and explain the others how they, to do the things and so on, or how they succeeded. I see it a lot in high performers, in those achievers, right? That they all, yeah. a lot of them feeling this kind of imposter syndrome or feeling like, okay, I also need this certification and then I will become confident. Or I also need to go and do this master degree and then I will be able to do yeah. this and then so on and so forth. You have come the other way, right? You started yes. coaching clients at the dinner table or uh, you were yeah. doing the meals. As right? a hobby. Just, yeah, exactly. And then it grew from that to being one of the best uh, leadership coaches and executive coaches in Sweden, being the, the top performer and the, uh, the, the presenters and so on. You're getting the awards and you are being bestseller uh, author in Sweden and in other countries. So... How was your journey there? And from that journey, how, what you would recommend to those people who are suffering from imposter syndrome? What I would say is like my life had a little bit of wrong turn and that's why I didn't go to the university But I, because I ended up in a, a negative spiral and I was using drugs and everything. And then I got sober and went to rehab and then it started. And then I was like, of course, I would have been able to go to the university, but I owed too much people too much money. So I was like, no, you have to get your shit together and 
make amends to all the things that you have. So I started to work and reading books and I went to courses and different. So you can educate yourself in different kinds of ways. So I've been doing that all the time. And I've also always had mentors that could teach me. So that my, my strong thing is that I can ask for help. So I surround myself with smart people that are professors or psychologists. And I call them and I'm like, hi, this is me. I have a question, you know. But I think my success is that I'm honestly and 100% interested in the people I meet. I don't have any other interests before I was pretending that I have, but now I'm so old that <laughs> after the menopause, you stop lying, you know. Then you're like, this is me, take me as I am. I'm not more interesting than this. Uh, so uh, the thing is that I have continued to get, uh, you know, new information and everything, and also attend a lot of courses, seminars, and have a lot of, you know, people that I learn from. But, you know, this wasn't like, I didn't have this planned. I had real work <laughs> when I was working with economics and also was in charge of the HR on that firm. But my hobby, teaching, coaching people, because the rumors were spread. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm exercising self-leadership and leadership. And they're like, can you teach me how? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it just grew of itself, of course. But when I hire people that are working as coaches with me, a lot of them have, you know, opposites of me because I need to have diversity. So yeah. I would say we are stuck with what we have. Make the best of it. Because one thing that can be, if you have too many educations, and it, sometimes it's um, what it calls hemar. It prevents you or kind of limits you in a way. Mm. Yeah, because you're not, you know, you always are always in your head. Because this is supposed to be, some people that had attended uh, coaching uh, seminars, they're like, oh, you're not supposed to ask the question why. And you're like, oh yeah, you are. That's the most common question. It depends on how you ask. Ah, if I ask you why, then of course you're going to feel like what she's, you know, after. But if I ask you, oh, what interesting what led up to that decision? Then it's going to be interesting and a conversation. And mm. sometimes I think people are like reading and they don't, you know, translate it into practicism. So they have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have the know-how. So mm. you have to know what is my strong side and give yourself the ability to develop the other side. So of course, my history and my way in this is like, you know, a little bit different. So it's e really important to get inspired when you see me, but don't compare yourself with me. And I love what you're teaching about the comparison that you just said, the point, the dot. Yes, the end, right. Because uh, we are programmed to compare ourselves with everybody we meet, but our brain is like designed for a time like 20,000 years ago. And now, then we met like 100 or 150 people through a lifetime. Now we meet like 1 million. And of course, it's going to affect our sense or feeling of self-esteem if we compare ourselves with everybody we meet. So basic self-leadership is to put the dot or the stop in the head when we see others like, oh, she's so brilliant, stop. Oh, she's so funny, stop. Or mm. in Swedish, we say dot. It depends. So you take whatever you want. But that's, we have to exercise that because. Otherwise, 
we're going to lose self-esteem just attending social media because everyday people are showing how successful they are, how much money they make, how well trained their children are. And if somebody's baking, okay, of course they put a picture of it. (laughs) And we are intelligent. We know that people are exaggerating. We know that they even lie, but our brain is like really, really old and haven't been (laughs) updated. So it's going to forget when we are scrolling. So we have a responsibility for give ourselves the things that we need to be really, you know, good in this time of life. Yeah, definitely. Part of my self-development journey from listening to you and talking about those, those things several years ago was to, and now I do quote unquote, uh, clean up my social media. So whom I'm following. Yeah. If I have some friends whom I unfollowed and I still want to see what's going on in their life, but I want to do it on my terms. So when I feel yeah. like, okay, today I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can go on Mia's page and check how is she going and doing but yeah. I don't follow her so that she pops up in my feed necessarily when when I have a bad or like a, a bad day or when I I'm vulnerable right vulnerable it's the same when when I have those days now with the self-leadership development it, it's easier to understand okay now I feel like crap I'd rather go for exactly. a walk instead of yeah. sitting and scrolling on Instagram because I know that Instagram exactly. will not make me feel better yeah so and also that's important. why, because it's like, it, it, it's going to be, we have to take charge of our, you know, technical help things that we have, the phone, the whatever. They're not going to be in charge of us. We are in charge. We're going to decide. And also I don't read emails late at night because you don't know what's going to come and you have it all the night. And also as soon as a person in my, do you say flower? What feed, do you say? Feed, feed. Feed, yeah is something that I'm directly just put them away because, Mm. you know, I'm in charge of me. And sometimes Mm. like, then I'm going to, oh, what happened to her? Then I can go in and look or him or whatever. So we have to give ourselves the things that we need to be as, you know, secure and uh, in a good uh, energy as we can because life sucks on a regular basis Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not fair. And, you know, shit happens all the time. So we have to be strong the next time that's the only thing we can actually affect in what state i'm going to be the next time life sucks who do i want to be after this you know pandemic and also how strong do i want to be the next time something's happened so that's in our power exactly and i've heard some people when i shared with some people that i'm not reading news for example and when uh, i say that i'm very selective on the social media whom i'm following People are like, oh, but then you live in your bubble. And it's like, I get out of my bubble on a constant basis. But mm-hmm. there are areas in my life when I do need to have this bubble to recharge myself because I'm, I'm giving so much to my clients, to my community and so on. I need some space where I can just take, take, take. And then when I go yeah. on Instagram, I actually, from my feed, I do get energy, inspiration, knowledge. And I'm not getting any negative emotions. That's my bubble. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's but also okay think to have it. This, when people say things like that, because you didn't ask them, and what do you think about that? So sometimes we shouldn't listen so much because people are like talking about themselves. That's why when you are saying like, I'm going to start my own company and somebody said like, but you cannot do that. That's not secure. They are not actually talking about you they are talking about themselves. And uh, when we say, I'm going to uh, have a divorce, then they're like, oh, you cannot divorce. Yes, I can. But they are talking about their own situation. And maybe they were thinking about it. And they said to themselves, I cannot do that. 
So we shouldn't listen so much when people are saying, if they ask you a question like, oh, but how is that? Doesn't you feel like you don't know what's going on out there? But, but we are different and social media gives energy to a lot of people and then they use them for that. But people that feeling like they took something from me, then it's not positive. Mm-hmm. So is it like, it's easy to ask, did this give energy or take energy? Then exactly. I know what I need. Yeah, it's super important to, to reflect on those things. Yes. So two quick questions more. No, not quick, maybe. One of them is two of your last books take space with responsibility and generosity. And the other yes. one is vulnerable and super strong, which you launched this year. Those are very strong value words. And I would love to know why are you choosing those words and why do you think they're so important? That's the whole meaning of me. You know, I got a second chance in life and I'm humbled because not everybody got this opportunity. So I'm not going to waste my own, you know, like meaningless things. So for me, the values are really important, not just the value but at, as uh, actually live as I teach, live as I speak, you know, walk the talk. So for me, generosity is what we need because we have a time that a lot of people like me, myself and I, and I see that's the end of everything. I think it's really important that we, you know, help each other and we give and we do things together. And that's the first one. The other one actually was something that happened when I... Five years ago, I decided to end the relation with my mother, father, and sister of different reasons. And actually, I become even more honest about myself and also what was important for me. So like five years ago, I really understood the importance of being brave enough to be vulnerable. And that's the way to be really strong. So I have layer, you can say, of shame and guilt that I needed to work on. So actually, I'm writing about things that are important to me. But I wrote this book five years after I have ended the relations when I, you know, know what I, I'm not in the middle of the process. Like, so I'm healed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a sad thing, but I have accepted it. And I don't go around wishing for another outcome. This is the way it was for me. And I'm content with the work I've done, with the decision I took, with who I am. Because now I am 100% myself. Before, I always had to, because they have, you know, the. sometimes I say what I had with me from home was I had the confidence because they said you can be whatever you, whatever you want. But I also say the worst thing if you embarrass us. So mm. I got the confidence and the shame. Mm. So I, what I really did, it was through a lot of years, gave myself the self-worth, but also I got rid of all the remaining shame. And that's through vulnerability training, you can say. So this is my why. This is what's important for real for me. And that's the only thing I want to you know, be in. But also I can do silly things and look like for you know, have the Netflix marathon and I don't always sit and read and everything. I enjoy life. I really, really do. But when I work, I want it to be meaningful and the, the decisions I take, I want them to be mine. And you're very, very generous that, that we all know that you, you're doing some voluntary work, right? It's a third of yeah. your time that you're spending yeah. for, for helping the others who don't have the as good conditions <laughs> as you in life. So 
yeah. it's beautiful that to see how you actually live your values and and show by the example. Mia, last question is: What are three pieces of advice of yours for our listeners, for them to become the genius leaders that they can be? Never stop learn. Never stop being interested in the other people. Everybody you meet can teach you something. So see everything as a meaning of something. Listen to people. Ask questions. Be interested in them. Then you have everything that you have. And also, of course, take responsibility for your self-leadership. But otherwise, see the people you are meeting. Listen to them. Ask questions. You know, be interested in them because they teach you. And it's never going to be good to be perfect. So we try and we make funny stories of the mistakes that we do, but we don't see them as failures. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Mia, for the conversation. And I would love to get to know uh, for people, where can they find you, whether they know Swedish or not? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have, you can write it maybe when you, but my email address is mia at mtledarskap dot se and Mia Thornblom uh, on Instagram. <laughs> and there you're mainly in Swedish, but I'm pretty sure people will want to to have more of you in English. So let's see how we could yeah fix that. Let's hope that they want to translate my books to English. <laughs> Some of them are. They have already, in other right? countries, but not in England and the States, okay. unfortunately. We'll work on that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mia, for this beautiful conversation. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 